Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home. During the coronavirus epidemic, this is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take anchor. Years from now, the animals are going to be telling a completely different story. Grandma, tell us about the coronavirus. Oh, little ones. It was a wonderful time. There were no humans. And your grandpa was smashing me like there was no tomorrow. So, good news for those panels. Although the bad news is, now that nobody's watching, the monkeys have all stopped having sex. Tell us about the Yes, our Uber drivers, there's going to be one question. So I was thinking. One question that people want. I have one question too, Trevor. What is going on today? Because before the virus shut down the world, people were happy. People were happy to accept the official explanation from China, which was that the virus originated at a live animal market where it somehow jumped from a bat to a human. And we were like, okay, I think that's the plot of Dark Knight, but we'll accept it. But now, now that all of us have been stuck in the house with nothing to do except throw our cat's birthday parties over Zoom, everyone everyone at home has had time to come up with some theories about how exactly they think... I think it's a biological warfare. Now, I've also been spending a lot of time online and the most common conspiracy like theory I've fool. seen is that the virus jumped from a bat to a human the same way Oreos jump from packaging into my roommate's mouth. I know where they're going, Billy. I see you. And this is a theory many exactly. people are willing to accept because of racism. People are saying that in China, they eat all kinds of crazy things. Hell, I heard they eat cookies with a piece of paper inside. I was also ready to believe this pandemic could have started as a food thing. Because, look, man. I've been, I've been in situations where food starts a thing. Like I was on a flight once where one person ate a tuna sandwich, but then we all paid the price. So the story made sense until it came out that those viral videos of people eating bat soup weren't even filmed in China. Yeah, and then we found out that viruses can't survive cooking anyway. So that was out the window. Then I heard about a different conspiracy theory that totally makes sense. You see, it turns out Corona was never just a virus. No, it was actually a weapon created to take old people out. If you go online, there's no shortage of conspiracy theories. Bullshit if it ain't. The virus was bioengineered in a lab by scientists to be used as a weapon or a form of population control. This is a theory former politician Bronwyn Bishop has also suggested. It is to get rid of non-productive Chinese in the Chinese community in the words of George Bernard Shaw, should be eliminated. 
um, so they don't have to be fed. Whoa. Roseanne Barr is calling the novel coronavirus pandemic a ploy to kill baby boomers. You know what it is, Norm? I think they're just trying to get rid of all, all, all my generation. All right, now this theory, this theory made complete sense. Who dies the most from the virus? Old people. Who dies the most anyway? Old people. Bam, it's the perfect crime. And think about it. As soon as people started saying, okay, boomer, all of a sudden we got coronavirus and old people are dying, that can't be a coincidence. That's not funny, asking, Trevor. Oh, why would anyone, why would anyone want to take out all the old people? I don't know. Or the black Maybe people. Maybe it's because someone was tired of giving up their seat on the bus. Maybe restaurant owners are just tired of having to open for dinner at 3 p.m. Maybe young people were just tired of getting their ass whipped at bingo. The point is, the motive is there. Now, I will admit, as much as I wanted to believe that theory, I, uh, I had to let it go. Okay? Because a team of scientists, scientists with degrees and qualifications, they sequenced the genome of the coronavirus. They broke it down, and they found that unlike every butt in Miami, this virus definitely wasn't man-made. So, okay, fine. Maybe this wasn't a biological weapon designed to destroy the slot machine economy. But that wasn't my favorite theory anyway. Because there's one theory, one theory that actually makes the most sense. And it was this. There's a conspiracy theory sweeping the globe that coronavirus is caused by 5G technology. The theory is that 5G damages the human immune system. All of us should know what's taking place right under our noses. What 5G actually does, it absorbs oxygen, and that's really important to know. 5G gets switched on, people drop like flies, and all of a sudden you've got the excuse because, well, there's a virus going on. Some people... Told you they was dropping like flies. Lighting cell phone towers Think I'm a journalist for nothing. Yes! Burn those cell phone towers down! We gotta put an end to coronavirus and all group chats. Okay, now you're just being stupid. People are, but I did not ask to be a part of this group. Now, I know some of you are sitting at home right now smug like, Oh, how does 5G cause a virus? How does that? I'll tell you how. Ask yourself this question. What is 5G? It's a super fast network that runs through the air. You know what else goes through the air? Coronavirus. What else goes through the air? Superman. And what burger did I eat while watching the last Superman movie? Five guys. Five guys. <laughs> I'm fucking five done. Feet. Bye, Trevor. And it was because the black Muslims were too narrowly sectarian like to and inhibited. And because Malcolm Elijah Muhammad had become... Blindly time, jealous of you and, and the personal following really you had gathered. And and that, I said the first part, but the last part, I didn't say that Elijah Muhammad himself had become blindly jealous. I mentioned that it was his family and the officials in Chicago. Everything that I said always was designed to protect Mr. Muhammad himself, primarily because the image that he had created uh, was the image that enabled his followers to remain strong in faith and things of that sort. And I didn't want to see any. Uh, adverse effect or negative result uh, developed in the faith of all of his followers. Okay. But actually, uh, despite the fact that I tried to protect the Muslim movement, if you'll notice, they uh, use their newspaper to slander me and to label me as a hypocrite and uh, as a rebel. And, and Mr. Muhammad himself said that I defected. More well, in reality, I never crammed. left the Muslim movement. They put me like out. And they put me out because of what I knew. And what I knew them. was told to me by Mr. Muhammad's son, 
uh, Wallace Muhammad himself. They put me out and they put him out. Well, now, first of all, let's find out what it is that Wallace Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's son, told you. Well, uh, number one, if you notice, the, the stick that I always used in presenting, representing, and defending the Muslim movement was the fact that it had the ability, ability to reform the morals of the so-called Negro community. It eliminated drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, fornication, adultery, loose sex, COVID sexual behavior which meant that uh, it eliminated bastard babies, illegitimate children. Well, as long as I knew that this was what it represented and it gave me a strong stick, I could represent it and defend it. But uh, we had a law which uh, meant, which means, which was that uh, whenever any uh, Muslim became involved in any kind of sexual relationship with someone to whom they weren't married, that Talk person would be brought before the Muslim community humiliated and then isolated for from one to five years. This was our law. Well, uh, in 1954, a teenage sister left Detroit and became one of Mr. Muhammad's personal secretaries. And uh, there in the Chicago office, she became pregnant after being there for a year. And uh, she was brought before the Muslim community and humiliated and isolated. And uh, a, year, a year later, another secretary, this time one from uh, Lansing, Michigan, uh, came to Chicago. She also became pregnant. She was brought before the community and humiliated and isolated. And because the other person was never brought forth during this uh, court session, it was uh, concluded by all of Mr. Muhammad's followers that it was a non-Muslim who was the other party. Well, we grew so rapidly until that in 1957 or 58, the uh, secretarial staff was expanded to, I think, 18 eight sisters. In 1959, six of them disappeared. Two of them reappeared in Philadelphia about two or three months later, and they were all right. Uh, the other four reappeared in 1960. All four of them had babies. All four of them had uh, become involved with someone and become pregnant and had these children. So it was, uh, from what I now well, know, someone when the four of them minister. got back to Chicago and began to compare Erica notes, they found that the same man Muhammad. had told all of them the same story and had made all of them pregnant, that the same man was the father of all four of their children and had also been the father of the ch children brought forth by the two secretaries who preceded them. Mm -hmm. So this story was kept among these sisters until 1962. Two of them rebelled uh, against uh, the person who was responsible and begin to tell the story all over the city of Chicago. It caused many of the Muslims in the Chicago mosque to leave and go back out in the street. They knew it, and uh, it, I knew nothing about it until 1963, when uh, Mr. Muhammad's son, who had been in prison, uh, came out, and he, was a, he had been a minister, and he was very religious and spiritual, and when he began to hear these rumors around Chicago, he went to one of the sisters, and the sister admitted to him that the rumor was true. And uh, it was he who first told me about it. And when he told me about it, I, took, I wrote to Mr. Muhammad and told him about it. And he admitted that he had a knowledge of it and that uh, he'd given me a religious explanation that would fit into prophecy and all of that. So I was quiet. And it wasn't until October of uh, 1963 that it came up again. And when it came up again, I realized that the same person who had uh, made these other sisters pregnant was still busy doing the same thing. He hadn't stopped. Two of the sisters had two children by the same man, and one of the two, one of those two sisters was pregnant still, getting ready to have a third child by the same man. 
So, so what you're known, saying uh, is among the Chicago Muhammad, officials that I had a knowledge of this, they become very fearful of me. Muhammad they became very antagonistic toward me, and, and they, the money they, they had to do something to diminish like the authority that I had for fear that if this became public knowledge, the followers would leave the Muslim movement and follow me. And it was at that time that they used the statement that I made against President Kennedy as a pretext to cut my authority and. Uh, some other things happened that finally uh, produced the split or forced the split. Sounds and when like I made the split, the only reason comes. that I didn't make this public knowledge was I knew the implications and I, I felt that if the uh, Muslims who were in the uh, nation of Islam knew it, that which enabled them to be so strongly religious and uh, exercise moral discipline would be shattered and it would cause all of them to go right back and start doing the things that they had been doing previously. Who is the wow. father of all of these various children whom you have enumerated? Muhammad Elijah. The first one to tell me who the father was was Wallace Muhammad, and he told me that the father was Elijah Muhammad himself. One of the sisters, took, uh, he went to the home of one of the sisters, and when he walked in the door, she says, I want to let you see something. And she uh, showed him her child. She said, here's your brother, and your father is the one, your father is the father of this child. And then I questioned the sisters myself, because it, I was shook up. And they admitted to me that Elijah Muhammad was the father of their children. And I took it to him. And it was at that time he told me that he was Muhammad, the prophet, and that Muhammad had nine wives. He also told me that he was David. He was the modern David, and that he, that he was the modern Solomon, and that he, he was meant, it was meant for him to fulfill today all of the things that they did back there. And how many of these illegitimate children did he father with the sisters? Well, he made uh, six sisters pregnant. They all had children. Two of those six had two children. Uh, uh, one of those two is having a child right now. I am told that there is a seventh sister who is supposed to be in Mexico right now, and she's supposed to be having a child by him. When you first separate Let's from your wife, it's a physical separation, but it's not seven. psychological. You still have feelings for her, and you protect her. There's that seven. Rest in peace, Lorenzo. Just a little shout out to my brother. And to the great Malcolm X. Okay, so now we know what really happened between Malcolm X and the Muslim family. As far as what may have given them motivation to murder one of the great leaders of our time. So, we'll be doing more interviews and listening to more interviews from people like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy. Actually, we don't really have that many black leaders. President Obama. Notice how I called John F. Kennedy a black leader. Woohoo! I'm telling you, it's time to talk, baby. It's time to talk. They killed that good white man. They took away all hope and dream of a normal future. I truly believe that our lives would have been different in many aspects better as African Americans and white people had the Kennedys and the Kings not been assassinated the way they were 
but we're going to talk about all that right here on 2020 Vision, The Caucus.